welcome to another podcast from Vet Team Training. I'm both the host and owner of Veterinary Team Training. Check out all of our other content at vetteamtraining.com. Today's topic, senior leadership versus middle management leadership. Let the fighting begin. Only kidding. But in all seriousness, a lot of our hospitals struggle with front office leadership, having an argument with technician leadership, having an argument with medical director, having an argument with the owner, the practice manager feels ostracized. And so there is sort of this divide between middle management, senior leadership, or even between leadership between departments. So let's talk about that divide and what that looks like and some ways to get the team back on track. First of all, Regardless of what leadership role that you decided to take on, you are walking a very fine line. You are always going to have a bias towards your original team. If you are a technician supervisor and manager, you are going to gravitate towards technician supervisors and managers. Even if you say that, no, I'm a team player, I'm looking out for the entire hospital, I have the hospital's best interest in my mindset, no, you don't. And so it's important that you acknowledge that because that way you're able to call yourself out when biases do happen. If you are a medical director, guess what? You're biased towards the veterinarians. Those are going to be your people that you're going to gravitate and advocate for more than the rest of the hospital. And if you are the hospital manager or owner or practice manager, you're gravitating towards the entire hospital's goal and not necessarily towards an individual team. And where that struggle comes into play is you're obviously focused on making sure that the business itself is the most profitable. And if you're the front office supervisor or manager, obviously those are your peeps, right? So you're going to gravitate towards them. So make sure you're aware of your bias. And I get it. People say all the time, no, I'm not biased. You are. So just admit it. Because when you do gravitate towards your original team or towards your people, that's going to be easier to pull yourself out of it. But first, you have to acknowledge that you're doing it. Most of us who said yes for a leadership role, whether it be a manager or supervisor, or even if you just, oops, fell right into it, you went to that because you wanted to be the advocate for your team. If you are a technician manager and supervisor, you thought, Yes, I want to advocate for my team. I want to make sure they get good benefits, that their schedule's done right, that they are treated fairly, and that someone praises them and recognizes them for the job well done. If you're somebody in the front office, you've probably worked your way up, and you feel for your team, and you have great compassion and empathy, and you want to do the right thing by your team. And certainly medical directors, same thing. You know the struggles of what a veterinarian has gone through, and you wanted to advocate for your team. And if you're the owner of the hospital, there's a sense of pride in making that hospital successful and obviously all the employees within that building as well. So we all have our individual goals, but here's the tricky thing. When you signed up to be a supervisor or a manager, or even if you by accident fell into it, you are advocating for your team and you are advocating as the whole team, the hospital team. And this is where the divide comes in. I hear divisions all the time, especially in specialty medicine, where we have individual supervisors overseeing individual specialties like surgery, oncology, internal medicine, emergency. There's often, you know, battles between them. And granted, they're not the battles where people show up with shields and helmets and swords. God, I hope not, right? 
But they are the internal battles, the passive aggressiveness, the bullying, the snippy little comments, things like that, that occur between the departments, which can be really damaging. So when we are talking about the overall arching goal, we have to recognize that we are all part of the same hospital team. And I see leaders, and they don't even realize that they're doing it, dividing their own team away from the overall arching hospital team. What does this look like? If you are a technician manager, this looks a little bit like this. Hey guys, I know that we work really hard and we are the best team, but we should be a little bit compassionate to the veterinarians, but let's face it, we work way harder than they do. If you're part of the front office and you're the front office manager and supervisor, it looks a little bit like this. Guys, we are the hardest working group. No one really understands what we do. We are the forward facing front of the veterinary hospital. And we work the hardest. We're never going to get the accolades. We're never going to get the praise. But let's face it, we are the best. And I get what you're doing as a manager or supervisor. You're actually trying to boost up your team and you're trying to make them feel great about themselves, which is super important. However, you're dividing the hospital and you don't even realize that you're doing it because the technician team walks away feeling like they are the best and that's great. But then they look upon the veterinarians and think to themselves, well, how come you're getting all the praise when we work way harder? Our manager has told us we work harder than you and yet you get paid more than us and you get more benefits than us. That's not fair. The front office walks away thinking, well, my manager just told me that we are the hardest working people, yet we get paid the least. They literally said that. That's not fair either, right? And so this is where then the individuals of these individual teams start feeling a divide because their leadership is causing this divide. As a technician manager, supervisor, front office manager, supervisor, medical director, or practice manager, hospital administrator, or even the owner, I understand that you want to pump up your team and make them feel individually special, but you have to do it in a way that doesn't divide the hospital. I see this in specialty medicine in the emergency department where they have overnight managers and daytime managers. And frequently there is a battle. Daytime's better than nighttime. Nighttime is the best. No, they don't understand us at all because we're like the war heroes of the hospital. Don't get me wrong. Every team actually is amazing and every team has their own struggles. However, I see the supervisors of their individual teams dividing and saying things like, look, I know the daytime is sloppy and they never stock the drawer for us nighttime people. We just sort of have to deal with them. That's not okay language. If you are a manager or supervisor in any department or any you know time of day, you have to recognize that that language, while you think you're boosting people up, actually is causing a riff in the hospital. So how do we deal with this? Well, there's two types of managers in my opinion. One is the bus driver and the other one is the coach. I'm going to ruin the ending of this story. You want to be the coach and here's why. So what happens when you have to roll out a bad policy? You despise it. Let's just say that the hospital owner has decided to change your health insurance benefits and it's going to cost everybody an extra $50 out of their paycheck and potentially maybe even more for a family plan. You need to roll this policy out. And even though you had nothing to do with it, and even though you went to battle for it, unfortunately, you lost the battle. You need to tell your team their health insurance coverage is changing 
And you need to get people to kind of at least accept the fact that this is the new thing that's going to be happening for the next year. It's going to suck. Every owner of every company, including CEOs and presidents, have rolled out a policy that they absolutely do not like. They don't like it. They hate it. It's the worst thing in the whole world. But they have to be the coach. Here's the difference between the two, okay? So if you are the bus driver, you pile everybody on your bus, you turn around to them, and you say, guys, got some really bad news. You're going to hate this. First of all, I had nothing to do with this. This is not my fault at all. I'm really sorry. I told them, you guys don't make a lot of money, and now you're going to cost them an extra $50. Your health insurance is changing. That's what's happening, and it's not a good plan, and your guys are going to have to pay more money. I said, this was terrible. We need to stick with our old plan or find another company because this is crazy, but they didn't listen to me, and I'm really sorry. And then you step on the gas and then you just run over the rest of the leadership and you plow over them with the people on your bus and you're running over the owner and you're running over the medical director. Maybe you're laughing maniacally while you're doing it. Regardless, it's not pretty sight. Think about what you really did in this instance. One, you did a lot of self-inflating ego stuff for yourself, making sure everyone realized it was not your fault. So they didn't blame you. So they still like you as a leader. And you just want to make sure everybody knows, hey guys, I'm still your best buddy. I know that I'm a veterinary technician, but I had nothing to do with this. First of all, they already know you had nothing to do with it. You don't have to go on and on about it. Second of all, you gave them no hope. You basically told them they were going to lose. It was going to be a terrible game and everyone was going to laugh at them on ESPN. And there is no way that they're going to feel better by the end of your conversation. So as a bus driver, all you do is mostly inflate your own ego and you work to divide the rest of your team from your own hospital. That's really difficult, but here's the problem. Everybody has a Karen on their team. Everybody does. And Karen doesn't like injustice. She does not like this perceived injustice. After all, as her manager, you've explained to her and the rest of the team that you fought for them and they didn't listen to you. Don't worry, Karen's got your back. And in a couple days or in a week or two from now, Karen is going to march herself into the owner's office. And she's going to say the following. Hey, Amy told me and the rest of the team how she came up with other solutions for the health insurance and you wouldn't listen to her. I can't even believe that you're making us pay $50 more. And Amy said it wasn't fair. Why did you not listen to her? We don't make a lot of money. Thanks, Karen. That's awesome. That is definitely going to cause me to be more divided from the rest of the leadership. First of all, let me just apologize. If your name is Karen, obviously there's been a lot of terrible references. Karens of the world, you are fantastic people. I have Karen in my family. She's a wonderful cousin of mine. I have Karens that are friends. I have no lots of fantastically kind, wonderful, empathetic Karens in the world. So apologies for using your name, but clearly it's a reference that everyone can relate to. Um, and I hope you accept my apology. All right. So don't be the bus driver for those reasons. Now let's talk about what a coach does. When a coach is losing, when you have to roll out that terrible new health insurance plan that you really didn't have anything to do about, first of all, your team knew already that you didn't have anything to do about it, so you don't have to go on and on. The whole point of a good leader is to support the hospital's goals. And there's probably a reason why the health insurance benefits are changing. Yes, 
Maybe the hospital needs to save money. Maybe financially they're in trouble. Maybe the old plan got canceled. We don't know, right? The hospital got sold and this is what the new company offers for a benefit. Whatever it is, there is a reason why it's happening. Make sure you know the reason because your team's going to want to know it. Now, a coach has the ability to rally the team and bring it back to the mission of everybody as a whole, not just the individuals. I'm sure that if you are playing on football team, there are the quarterbacks and they think that they are the best. The kickers think they are the best, right? You've got the front offense and the defense, right? And they probably also think each individually are the best. And they have individual supervisors, a.k.a. captains, in each one of those areas. And they probably do support their own agendas, but... They all have to come back to the common purpose of one goal. All right, so how is it to be a coach? You don't have to sugarcoat it. You don't have to say it's the best thing in the whole world. Walk in and say to your team, guys, I've got some difficult news. This is going to be really hard for you, and some of you are going to end up paying more. Our health insurance is changing, and I'm really sorry. Here's why this is happening. I know this financially is going to be really difficult for a lot of you, but here's what. I value every single member of my team and I don't want to lose any single one of you. So let's talk about this. Talk to me about your feelings and let's talk about how we're going to get through this together as a team. You don't need to have all the answers. You have to acknowledge their feelings and what that looks like so that they can vent and get it out and so that they know you care about their feelings as a leader. But the overarching goal you always do need to support And I see time and time again where leadership is divided because unfortunately there's a bus driver among the leadership and the bus driver has only one purpose and that is to make sure they are self-serving and that they are making sure that their team thinks they're the best regardless. You will be the best if you're honest to your team. Your team doesn't expect you to only be unicorns and rainbows all the time. Your team knows you're going to have to roll out difficult policies. But bus drivers will go on and on about the negativity. And then they add in a lot of personal information about how this affects them. It's not about you at all. It has nothing to do about you. And so even if we say have an argument between surgery department and we'll pick on the emergency department. If there's an argument between the two and the emergency department technician manager has been working with the technician manager of the surgery department and it's not going well, it's really bad when you go to your team and you say, listen, I just spent two hours talking to her. I don't know what is going on, but I have been trying to get her to understand that her team does not clean the cages and we're tired of the, her having to clean these empty cages at the end of the day. I keep going over with her, and I'm sorry, guys. I really don't know where her problem is. You see where you create the divide? Again, not about you at all. You can simply say, I've talked to her. She's looking forward to rectifying it, and together as team, we're going to pull through this. I want to let you guys know what they're doing on their end. We're also going to be cognizant of reminding them when we see a dirty cage rather than, you know, passively, aggressively making little snarky comments on the side about how they didn't clean their cages. It is something that is running rampant in all of our hospitals. The bad news is this runs rampant in actually almost every industry. 
We've got bus driver leaders in almost any sector of any business around the world where they're super self-serving and they forget about the overall arching aspect of the hospital. All right, so if you are not the bus driver and you are the coach, as I'm sure you all are, and you are struggling with this divide in hospital leadership, you need to be having leadership meetings, all leadership meetings. What I see a lot of happening is that we have the practice owner, the medical director, and maybe the owner of the hospital getting together. Then meanwhile, the technician manager gets to meet maybe with other technician managers and supervisors. And then the front office is also on its own island. We need everybody in a room together. Owner, practice manager, hospital administrator, medical director, technician managers and supervisors, front office manager and supervisors. And it doesn't matter what level of supervisor they are, even if they're a shift lead, they need to be invited to this meeting. And in a perfect world, these meetings would occur monthly because that gets everybody on the same page. When we fail to have leadership meetings, we fail as a leadership team. How are we expecting our leadership to be on the same page if half of the leaders don't even know what agendas are coming up or financially how well the hospital's doing? I see often, and I'm just gonna say it, technician managers and supervisors, front office managers and supervisors, being ignored as far as part of leadership. Wait a minute, if you want them to be managers and supervisors because that's their title, they need to be invited to the bigger meetings. They need to know financially how well the clinic is doing. They need to know about new policies and agendas. They need to be part of those conversations. And when we only have the medical director and hospital administrators in a meeting together, there is an actual divide. We need all the leadership regarding of the level all together. This has to happen. And again, perfect world once a month. I know what you're saying, Amy, we're so busy. We don't have time to do this once a month. I mean, all right, so I'm supposed to have this meeting once a month, but I'm also supposed to meet with my team once a month. 100%. That's how we get better teams and how we get better leadership teams. As a leadership team, you also need to understand each other and get to know each other. How many of you know how many siblings your medical director has or how many siblings your practice manager has? Do you know where the other person grew up? Did they grow up in the same state they're currently working? What do you know about each other? See, all of that knowledge and getting to know each other as members of a leadership team actually help to grow trust. And this is really important. You see, you cannot be a cohesive leadership team if you don't even know each other. Where, how are you going to develop the trust and the respect that is needed to move forward on big agenda items like a schedule overhaul or, oh my goodness, a sale to a company or overhaul of benefits or even hiring, firing a key person within your hospital? What does that look like? When every member of the leadership team gets to be at the table, they're going to have better buy-in and better communication to their own individual teams. But if they're not even invited to the table, they feel disconnected. So if you are a practice manager or a hospital administrator or owner or medical director, you need, you have to, it is imperative that you invite your front office and your technician, supervisors and managers, shift leads, whatever it is, to the table. If you don't, then why are they even in these leadership roles if you don't treat them like a leader? 
This is really important. And so when we're seeing that veterinarians and technicians are having a divide and the medical director doesn't seem to understand what's going on with the technician staff, this is why. Because the leaders aren't actually communicating. So if you are having divides in between leadership at your hospital, here's again a synopsis of what you need to do. Number one, are you a bus driver or a coach? You need to look within your own self and recognize whether or not you have been guilty of being biased to your own individual team. And if so, acknowledge it and work on it. That's really key first and foremost. Number two, all leadership needs to meet ideally together once a month. This is so important. Stop ostracizing the front office and the technician managers because they feel like they're not part of the team. And that's where a lot of the divide comes in. Number three, leadership needs to build up a trust and respect amongst each other. And they do that by getting to know each other. Have safe social distancing, get togethers outside of work if that's possible, or at least short train builders inside the hospital, something to get to know each other, to build up that trust and respect. And then lastly, come together as a unified front and stick with it. It's not easy pulling out a new procedure or policy or benefit that you know that your team's not going to be thrilled with, but that's what all leaders do. The worst is when a new policy or procedure gets rolled out, but then there's also a divide in the hospital. Now you have two problems. It's not just a bad new benefit that got rolled out. The hospital's ripped in pieces because, well, we have a disorganized leadership front. You guys do need to be unified. I hope that this helps. I know I threw a lot at you in a very short amount of time. Definitely check out all my other blogs and podcasts at vetteamtraining.com. Thank you so much and keep on being a unicorn.